Welcome today to Afternoon Tea with Casey Women's Ministry. Today, um, this is a video for Afternoon Tea. Like I said, we are going to talk about all things that are birth and postpartum and education and how it relates to Casey Women's Ministry. Um, thank you for joining us. We love having you here. Our topic today is what to expect during a Casey Women's Ministry um, second prenatal. Prenatal you get two prenatals when you hire a doula with the ministry. So let's talk about what's in prenatal two. First, I'm Brittany. I am a birth and bereavement doula certified by through still birthday. Sorry. I have my bachelor's of science in health education. I am a certified birth photographer and I am working on my certification for a yoga teacher training. Um, I am also the education director and a volunteer with KC Women's Ministry. Um, I'm also a certified birth and bereavement doula through Still Birthday. Um, I'm also a trained postpartum doula, and I am the uh, doula operations oh. director with KC Women's Ministry. Yeah. Busy, busy people, right? <laughs> All right. So during that second prenatal, um, with the ministry, you actually get a team of doulas. So the same doula who did your first prenatal is probably not going to be the same doula who does your second prenatal. There are times when you're the same doula will do the second prenatal and it's a new one. So we like to do introductions again. You know, I like to talk about who I am. Um, you know, I don't necessarily give a lot of my philosophy because we kind of learn that through the prenatal, but I might ask her about, what do you want out of your birth? Yes, definitely. If, if you're the doula doing the second prenatal is not the doula, um, who was at the first prenatal, they're going to do an introduction very similar mm -hmm. to the introduction you had at the first prenatal. What do you want out of your birth? Um, why did you hire a doula? What are you excited about? Mm -hmm. Um, things like that. And kind of on the note of am I going to have one doula or two? Um, if you're hiring the ministry, you can choose whether you want to have a team. So you have two doulas, two primaries, um, or you want a solo. So you just have one. And then no matter what, you'll have a backup. So whether you choose two doulas or one, you'll have a backup. Mm -hmm. um, it will be available just in case. Um, but that's kind of the difference kind of on that topic of, will I have the same doula or a different doula? How many you get to choose if you're um, hiring us? It's a great perk. Um, it's helpful for the doulas as well, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, if someone gets sick, then we always have one to two doulas to fall back on and say, okay, I'll cover that for you. Um, or if you want to go on vacation or if you're going on a training or something, you know, you've got someone there, you know, as both the client as, and as the doula, someone is covering, someone yeah. will be there for this labor. Yes. Um, so one of the first things I start ju to jump in on is how have your doctor's appointments been going? Mm -hmm. You know, especially if we are, if we're doing the second prenatal, we tend to do those between 36 and 38 weeks. I, I try and do them more around 36 weeks. Sometimes they get a little longer simply because schedules just don't mix. But right. if we are, especially if we're at 38 weeks, what's your doctor talking about here? Um, you know, how, how are these visits going? What are they saying? Now, if we're at 36 weeks, we can kind of preempt some of the things that we might start hearing at 38 weeks and we can prepare and say, 
They might ask you about this. How do you feel about this? They might say this, how would you feel about that? Um, and we can really start getting a feel for, okay, is this individual more of the non-medicated side or more on the medicated side? You know, what, what are they okay with? So that as we start talking birth plan, you know, I can say, okay, she's going to be okay with this probably based on that conversation earlier. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a great way to, to just further get to know, um, your clients and their experience and, um, their doctor's philosophies as well. Um, and all that kind of good stuff. It, it gives you kind of a, a leg up when you jump into that homework and that written birth plan and, um, what kind of suggestions to give based on their experience so far. Yeah. And knowing what the doctors are already talking about helps say, give me more input on, okay, is she going to even have this as an option? You know, is this a viable option that I can describe to her so she can say she wants this? What hospital are you birthing at? Because that depends on if you have access to nitrous oxide. And if you're not at a hospital with this as an option, I want to make sure I tell you this isn't going to be an option at your hospital. Um, so, right. You know, and some doctors are definitely more medical <laughs> and other doctors are a little more on what we consider the natural side or unmedicated side and letting things unfold on its own. And I'm not meaning just midwives. I'm meaning some OBs are definitely more inclined in that way. Absolutely. I know, I know a couple of in this area, definitely out there, they're around, they're in the Kansas city area. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yes, for sure. They are there. Um, and asking about those visits helps us identify what kind of doctor you have mm -hmm. um, for us to be better prepared to work with that doctor. <clears throat> and then I like to jump into the birth plan. The birth plan. The birth plan. <laughs> so part of that homework that um, the doula at prenatal one left are several sheets that um, help build the birth plan. Um, there is one sheet that is a great sheets literally just labeled birth plan that's um helpful to give your doctor you can give any of these documents to your doctor and say hey here's what what i want what i don't want um and we encourage that um, but these are primarily really detailed long um documents in order to help narrow down kind of what what you want labor delivery and the golden hour to look like and I find the birth plan to be probably one of the most beneficial. Um, <clears throat> you know, actually before going into the birth plan, I do, I do usually do the, um, what's important to you in labor first, mm -hmm. because that helps me again, identify some of these items in the birth plan that I can say, okay, she probably won't like this one, but she's going to like this one. So I can go more in depth on certain things. Um, and then something else to go over with that, what's important to you in labor, that really gives us a feel for, <clears throat> okay, so she said she doesn't want an epidural, but she wants to feel minimal pain. How can we facilitate that? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't want to tell someone that you can't do that because that's not true, but I do want to make sure we're being realistic about, okay, you said feeling minimal pain is a five and you said not having an epidural is a five. Okay. What can we do to help with this? 
how can we either change your mindset or how can we, um, what kind of tools can we use? We really need to practice our non-medical um, comfort measures and talk about those more in depth in order to meet this, um, what's important to you. Yeah. And it's a great time to, to jump even further into that question that we had mentioned before of what do you do when you're in pain naturally? If you step your toe, break your arm, fall and hit your tailbone, those different levels of pain that you're going to feel outside of labor. Um, I use those three levels because to me one is you know they're they're on different levels of of discomfort and pain and in the different body Mm -hmm. um and that can help us determine what's going to be most beneficial in the different stages of labor Um, but really getting your client to think about times that they've been in a lot of pain before what helped what didn't um where did your mind go um because a lot of pain management in labor is mental mm-hmm. is how how are you staying focused and grounded yes and and how your doula can help you refocus as well um and really just how your doula and your support person can help you with those different comfort measures um but i really personally like to use real life experiences and mm-hmm. so when we're faced with a situation where you know they don't want an epidural but they really want to feel minimal pain um, we spend a lot more time on that exercise um, whereas if they're like yeah i'm okay feeling a lot of pain or yeah i'm gonna have an epidural um, we don't focus on that quite as much we definitely still touch on it and we still get some ideas on how to, um, what, what comfort measures are going to be most beneficial before we get the epidural. But if we have a client who already knows she wants the epidural, then we don't focus too heavily on that part because we know if we get to a certain point, they're going to request an epidural and we're great. Yeah. And and we're good to go. But knowing that they're going to request an epidural, um, make sure that I make sure that I go over specific birth um, labor positions, especially with a peanut ball, because I know they're going to have an epidural and I know we're probably not going to be able to get in a pool or a tub. We're probably not going to be able to walk around. We're probably not going to be able to, you know, if you have an epidural, it's not probably, we can't do these things. Right. (laughs) We're going to be confined to a bed. So what can we do in this bed? And I need to make sure that she knows what I'm going to be telling her and what I'm going to be asking her to do while she's in this bed. Mm -hmm. And that, I'm going to move her every 20 to 40 minutes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And she's going to need to be able to help me to the best of her ability. Mm -hmm. Of course, we don't know how, how she's going to respond to that epidural at this point because she doesn't have it. She's never had one. Maybe Um, we don't know how strong the epidural is going to be at this point, but we can prepare for that. And I can let her know, Hey, in order to get you into this position, I need to be able to, I need you to help me with this, or we'll have your nurse or we'll have your significant other or your other support person, um, to help us get into this position. But this is the position I'm going to want you in. Let's get in this position now. So you know what it looks like and what it feels like. Hopefully your support person is here and I can have that person help with this. Um, see this and know the term that I'm going to use, whether they remember the term or not, at least when I say it, they'll be like, Oh, I remember what that one was. Yes. You know, it's not totally blindsided by throne position or (laughs) side lying on a peanut ball with your leg up, or maybe we have to do cowgirl flying cowgirl because we're stalled at five centimeters and we have an epidural and 
I got to get this baby moving or, you know, the doctors are going to start threatening with certain things. Cascade of <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So at least at this point, we know which things we need to focus on as we progress in this prenatal. Yeah. So we're not going a lot of, right. A lot of preparing for labor and preparing a birth plan is going over what ifs and hypotheticals. Mm -hmm. Um, we have to go over every element, um, and every possibility so that, that we know where your head is at, um, initially, and we like to emphasize that, of course, you can change your mind at any point. Um, just because you told me today that you absolutely do not, under any circumstance, want an epidural doesn't mean that you have to go through with that. If you change your mind while you're in labor, that's okay. We're still yeah. going to support you. Um, we just like to know where your head is at so that we can prepare um, and we can talk about the possibility. Okay, you said absolutely never is how are we going to know if that changes? Let's talk about that so that I know if you're being um, serious or if this is just how, you know, the way that you're, you're spiraling and you need me to help you refocus rather than getting the nurse for an epidural, um, things like that. Yeah, definitely. And that is something we do tend to go over during prenatal one is that advocacy part. Yeah. So we, we do go over that during prenatal one and we reemphasize that during prenatal two, we ask about your code word. Did you set your code word? Did you decide on your code word, um, or your code phrase? Uh, did you decide on, um, how best your partner can support you and be your voice because your doula is not your voice. Your doula is not your, your full blown advocate. I can't do that for you. Unfortunately, I don't know you as well as your significant other or your, your mother, your support person, your sister, whoever you have in that room with you. I don't know you to that extent. I don't know you to that level. And hopefully you've had these conversations with that individual and they know that if you say peaches, that that's been your family's code word for years. And they know peaches means I mean business. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's not peaches. <laughs> maybe it's, I like it. it's cute. I know. Apparently I want a peach, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but um, you know, they know you. And maybe it's maybe it's something as simple as a facial feature, you know, a, an expression that you get on your face of, oh, that's her stubborn expression. She means it. She's not budging. Or maybe it's just the tensing of the shoulders, you know, we pick up on these things, but a tensing of the shoulders might mean something a little different to me than it does to your family because they know you and they know what you start to do when you tense your shoulders mm -hmm. versus me. I know what in general people do when they start tensing their shoulders. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> now it's time for the birth plan. <laughs> so yeah. Um, birth plan it's exactly that. It's a plan. It's a guide. It's not set in stone. This is also the tool that I use to educate. You know, oftentimes I'm going down this list and someone's, you know, they're going, what is that? What is that? What is that? What is that? Okay. Yeah. Let's go over. What is that? Mm -hmm. What are these terms that I'm using? What is Pitocin and Cytotech and Cervidil? What are these things that are on this sheet? What is a cotton swab? We go over that. Yeah. Why do I need the eye ointment or the erythromycin? What is vitamin K? What does that do for my baby? We go over that during this. 
And then we practice those comfort measures again. Um, you know, at this point, this is when we practice those. We're showing you those some of those birth positions and really putting it in your head of you have a choice of your birth position. What position do you want? What position are you comfortable in right now? Especially if your back is hurting or you're having some pain during your pregnancy. Where are you? Where do you naturally go to when you're hurting? Mm-hmm. that's probably where you want to be when you're in labor because you're hurting. <laughs> yes. My, one of my favorite things to remind my clients, um, you know, when they, when they think about birth positions, um, I always remind them if it's uncomfortable during pregnancy, it's probably going to be uncomfortable during labor, yes. um, which is especially why we practice while you're pregnant. Um, we, we, we want to put you into positions that are available to you to know this feels good. This doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I had had a client who during their pregnancy did not want to lay on one side. And so I was like, okay, we'll avoid laying on that side because it's uncomfortable. Um, we'll either be, you know, on the other side or on your back or we'll get out of bed. Um, we'll make sure to avoid that one spot. She had a desire to push on hands and knees, um, because she had read that that's, um, a very helpful position to push in. However, when we got down into hands and knees, she was very uncomfortable. Um, her hips, ached um, and she couldn't stand to be in that position for more than just a few seconds. And so um, she knew from then on, she's like, yeah, that's a great position for some people, but it's just not for me. Um, And, and that's okay. And it it can also be, you know, I I was very um, glad that she was able to accept that so quickly, but sometimes it can be disappointing if you have it in your head that you want to push or labor in a certain position and then find out that that's not a comfortable position for you. Sometimes it can be discouraging. Um, It's important to remember that if it's not comfortable, it's not going to help labor along. <laughs> making sure to to move in those different positions and and that's that's going to be the most important part um sometimes if you know baby is malpositioned um then we will need to use some some positions that might be uncomfortable to help baby move yes. but in general if baby is not malpositioned if you're not comfortable in that position it's more important to continue moving than to be in that specific position that's uncomfortable i agree i agree and the birth plan is a great point for us to talk about that you know you know what position is uncomfortable for you for the most part because you're in it you know if lying on your back isn't comfortable for you then we probably shouldn't be pushing on your back if lying on your side, like Madison said, or if you're most comfortable in hands and knees, you're probably going to like hands and knees with the positions. I usually finish with positions and comfort measures. I, um, pull out my birth bag. I have my bag. I bring a peanut ball. I used to bring a, an exercise ball as well, but I don't use it as much. Um, I can simulate that just by sitting in a chair and saying, sit, bounce, rock, do your hip rolls, do all that stuff. We don't have to practice that. So I make sure to bring a peanut ball because that I do have positions that we need to practice. Um, 
So we get down on the floor and we practice these positions. I am right there with you. I show you the position and then I have you get in that position. I show you the next position and we get in that position. Um, we talk about if you're planning to get an epidural, we talk about some positions that we're absolutely going to need to do if you're in an epidural and that every 20 minutes, we're going to go through this flow of positions and changing, changing positions. Um, because you're not moving on your own when you have an epidural and movement is vital in labor. Um, so we go through all of that. I get out my balls and I show massage. I do some massage techniques. I show if dad is there, I show dad how to do the massage or whomever is going to be in the birth room. I show them how to do the massages. I show them some pressure points um, and have them practice those. We practice hip squeezes and counter pressure. Where to place your hands for these things. Yeah. We do shake the apple tree and sifting and all of the tricks, <laughs> all of them, <laughs> all of the tricks, you know, and that's not in a goal for you to not call me. That's right. not the case. You're still going to need to call me <laughs> when labor starts. My goal is so that you're prepared. You can still do these things. Um, during, during the pregnancy, you can do these things and practice these things during pregnancy. Most of the women that I'm supporting are finding that the shake the apple tree is amazing and sifting is amazing. And they're like, you got to do this to me every night. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, I want that every night and I'm not even pregnant. Like it feels so good. <laughs> so good. It's so good. Yeah. It feels so good. So, you know, it's not about not calling us. It is about making sure you have all the tools that I can give you that I have spent years learning mm -hmm. and having you feel confident so that you can be relaxed. Um, a lot of times just having it, it's nerve wracking just because it's unknown, you know, it causes anxiety because we don't know what to expect, but if I'm showing you these tools and we're practicing these tools and you've practiced the yoga and you prepared your mind, you're more going to, you're going to be so much more relaxed come labor time because you already know a big portion of what to expect. Oh, she told me we're going to do these positions. So I know we're going to do them. But yeah, fear of the unknown is one of the biggest things. Um, and if we can take some of that fear away, just by showing you what you can expect having a doula there, that's, that's a like five steps out of your eight that you have to go. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then we say good night. <laughs> <laughs> yes and then you sleep really well <laughs> oh yeah yeah we i mean getting into practicing the labor positions is a workout it's it's exercise um and that's why we show it to you hopefully early enough depending on on when you hire us again like Brittany said we try and do it between 36 and 38 weeks so that you have a couple of weeks you know at least a month or more mm -hmm. um to get down and practice them afterwards um yeah. make sure that you're prepared because you'll know after that first that first time practicing them you're exhausted you're tired it's a workout and all you were doing were getting was getting into the positions um you know when you add on the intensity of contractions it takes a lot of your energy and a lot of your reserve 
um, to go through labor. That's why people call it a workout because it is. Um, and so the more, but just like with any exercise, the more you practice, the easier it becomes. So the more you practice the labor positions, the easier it'll be while, when you're in labor. Totally agree. And that's, that's our whole goal is to make that labor as easy for you as we can. That was why you hired us. Absolutely. And if that takes us two to two and a half hours to get through all of this so we can prepare you, I'm more than willing to give you four to five hours of my day, four to five hours of my time to make sure that you have the tools you need to be successful in what you're wanting to do. Um, and, and one thing I've had, I've had clients mention before is, you know, when we do these two, two and a half hour long prenatals is, um, I've had clients who feel guilty taking my time to -hmm. go over this. Um, and so if, if you're someone that's like, oh man, I just feel bad that you're going over all this stuff because I didn't know that's our job. That's our passion. Um, we get, we get so much joy from knowing that you're prepared and, um, helping you prepare and helping you discover what you want and what you don't want during labor and going over that birth plan. This is what we love. It's why we're doulas. It's why we do what we do. Um, and, Again, like we mentioned in our last video, the long prenatals are the fun ones. If we have to rush through it and get through it really quick, a lot of times we we don't feel quite right about that. We love being able to take our time, get to know you, get to know your birth plan, get to know your support person, um, all of that. So if you're ever feeling guilty for taking your doula's time, don't. I promise she loves it. <laughs> She does. And if you ever feel like it's been rushed, that's a problem. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Your doula, it's not just a job to most of us. It's not just a checklist that we have to get through. Um, It's very rare that I have an end time that I have to finish by. Um, Usually that night, you're my only prenatal. You're it. You are my total focus. Um, I've taken care of my family to the point of, hi baby, (laughs) I've taken care of my family to the point of I'm prepared to be out for three hours. You know, I I'm prepared. My family's prepared to have me out for three hours. And you know what? I get home. I have a huge smile on my face and I always tell my husband that was so fun. I can't wait to do another one. So don't even worry about it just to enjoy our company, enjoy the time that we're giving and learn, learn. There's so much to learn because it's not standard. It's not out. I mean, it's out there. Yeah. But (laughs) you don't know what you don't know and you don't know what to look for if you don't know about it. So that's our job. We love it. We do. We really do. Yeah, we do. I mean, clearly we've been on this for half an hour, just talking about a prenatal. (laughs) Just one prenatal too. Yeah. um, Yeah. So, all right. That being said, we will hightail it. Um, Thank you so much for coming and listening to us today and learning about what to expect at our second prenatal. Um, Hit that like button, hit the follow button. And when you follow us, hit the subscribe and the, the, um, the bell, that little bell tone, that's going to let you know when a new video is coming out. Um, And we put at least one video out a week, sometimes two or three a week. 
since we do have a, preg a pregnancy series that is put out by two different ones of our doulas. So um, where they are in, they are pregnant right now and they are telling you about their pregnancy and about what to expect during pregnancy and the particular week that they're in and they're showing you bellies and they're showing you all the fun stuff. So hit subscribe. That way you can get all those fun videos um, and all these educational videos that we do. So we would love to have you follow. <laughs> I lost track. Anyway, thank you for hanging out with us today. We love having you here and we'll see you again next week. Bye.